Oh my god. Oh, what's that sound? I'm sorry, I gotta turn off my ringtone. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast. Wow, you sound so enthusiastic about that. I thought I'd try to lower it down a notch this time, you know, just be a little calmer. How about something like, why not try something like, welcome, welcome to Redundant, the totally original Green Day pod. Because then it sounds sort of sarcastic, you know, like, is that guy really that enthusiastic? Who is that enthusiastic about anything, you know? We're going to be breaking down all of Green Day's greatest hits, tracks, memories, and more. But we're not, though. We're going we're gonna to break down episode, uh, I mean, album four, H- Somnia. It's from yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Why does he sound like Hulk Hogan all of a sudden? I don't understand. <laughs> I was just thinking that. No, today we are talking about Insomniac. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that's fine. That's all well and good. We'll get to that. Don't you worry. Sit your tush down. But first, we can't be rude. We can't be strangers. True. What are, what are we not humans? What are we not uh, civil uh, people? Do we not live in a society? What separates us from the animals? I got to introduce, introduce the man on my left. Mm-hmm. I got to introduce the the boy that I hear. The one who's who I wish was the pillow I hold at night. I'm talking, of course, about my cousin, Colin Brady. Oh, you are such a sweetheart, Chris. Thank you. Green Day fan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lifelong. Can we agree? Always will be. Can we be. just agree on this? Absolutely. Please. I will never not be. Never not be. I am sick and tired of the lies and the madness. Can we just please agree that you're a Green Day fan? I absolutely. I, I can't believe we've had this conflict. You know. Can we just admit I a, it? I, I am a Green Day fan. Always have been. Always will be. Thank you. Now, I'd be remiss if I weren't to introduce the person I wish was here in the room with me, Christopher Brady Denton, down in Los Angeles. Chris, how are you? How are you doing right now? I'm okay. I'm pretty good. I'm all right. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you did, you said it right there. You spilt all the tea right there. It's true. We're not in the same room. Mm-hmm. Sounds like we are. Sounds like we got in a professional podcast studio. It does. Sounds like we're going to go grab like a coffee and brunch after this and just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. laugh about next week. Oh, we still can. We still but can. We can Skype each other. There's nothing wrong with that. We can Skype each other from the coffee bean and tea leaf, but it won't be the same. Not quite. No. And that's because you're all the way across the globe. Essentially, I, I go to the beach, I dig a hole, I'm trying to get to China, or am I trying to get to you? Mm-hmm. I don't know, because you're so far away. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. How are things in Seattle, dear Colin? You know, things things are good. Things are good. Life is exciting, as you might have guessed. Oh, boy. Let's hear it. Uh, skydiving? No. You didn't go skydiving. I don't believe this. I didn't. You did I not. did not go skydiving. I did not go no. skydiving. I went for a run this morning. Oh my and, god! Uh, so boring. I had some coffee and read the paper in bed. Jeez. Yeah, it was. So it was pretty nice. After after a few weeks of being boring, you thought I'm gonna lie. Yeah. And say that I went skydiving. Yeah, I know it wasn't. It and wasn't. Then the best I'm move. gonna crumble. To the just the slightest of I questioning. Know. <laughs> I know. I did not prepare at all. All right. Yeah. So I mean, we went from being boring to being a liar. And I don't I you know I don't know which one's better, folks. You tell me. Chris, how are things in LA? 
Things in Los Angeles are really exciting. As you mentioned, I had a huge day yesterday. Mm-hmm. I shaved my armpits. Oh, that was not where I thought that was headed. Have you ever done this? I actually haven't, no. It is a game changer, my friend. Why is I that? wish I knew about this years ago. Why? Why? You shave. I shaved him all the way down to the stubble. Okay. And I no, I do not do that. That sounds and itchy, it is, though. It saves, it saves on deodorant. Mm-hmm. You smell less. There's less just gross, rustly feelings underneath your arm. Hmm. And it's the easiest thing to do. Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to you it. You don't have to shampoo it and take it to the salon. I'm not saying you need to get it professionally cut. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just whack the shit off. Your armpit hair, it's gone. You don't need it. And you're, you're just, you will feel free. I know. It's just, I, girls, it's just like, girls why? know about this. Where does, where does it stop? You know, if I start shaving my armpits, I'm going to start shaving like my feet. Or some shit, my my knee armpits, my knee pits. I mean, my uh, my upper eyelids. My upper eyelids. Where does it you end? Know, where does it where end? Where does it end? You know. I don't want to start shaving exactly. my fingernails. That said, I'm not I'm not completely opposed. That seems kind of like a good idea. No, because it's not. You don't have to keep it silky smooth. Mm-hmm. You just start shaving it to get rid of all the excess hair, and then like all that excess sweat doesn't build up on the hair. The deodorant just takes care of it right then, and as a result, you're not carrying like a gallon or two underneath your arms during a hot day. That's a really good call. Yeah, and plus, you know, yeah. that would probably help. Do you ever have like those stains in your armpits on your shirts? That is like thank you. That is my bane of of, of my existence right there. It is so it's frustrating. My bane of my existence. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It is. It's ruined so many good black shirts I that I know, love. I know. I know. God. Well, you finally I, found a solution. I'm glad to hear that. I'm gonna try gonna, it. I was gonna say I used to blame the deodorant, mm-hmm. but now I blame myself. It was my hair. Mm-hmm. If I had kept my shit in shape. God, you disgusting. If I manscaped. Fuck. The way I was supposed to, those shirts would still be okay. Mm-hmm. And I have to live with that. You knowledge. let them down. I hurt those shirts. Well, now you know. Including a Green Day shirt. Oh, God. So it kind of cuts especially deep. You know, I won't lie. I've done the exact same thing with the Green Day shirt. So, really? Yeah, I Because you love pain. it, you wear it all the time, and that deodorant stain gets there. I know. That's exactly the problem. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you figured this out. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a go. Yo, trim trim it up. <laughs> we gotta keep up though. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep up. Speaking of Green Day shirts, Green Day news. Yeah. It's been a relatively quiet week, all things considered. That's that's perhaps because we've been spoilt lately by an abundance of Green Day news. Isn't that right? Yeah, I, I think it's it's unreasonable to expect more than you know, maybe a story per week. Because here's the thing. If Green Day were to release a new single every single week, like, it wouldn't mean anything. I know. The album would be you'd, out you'd, before the album was you'd out. you start to get, the album would be out, and then there would be another album already on the way because there's new singles. I'm saying literally every week a new single. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It would lose how special it feels. It's true. Although. So I say, I've got, God bless you, Green Day, for not releasing a single this week. Yeah. It's true. Keep it special. That said, that said, did you hear the rumors? I've heard the rumors this. that I've I've heard this that that they're kind of the rumor is created online is that they're kind of trolling with this father of all album. Mm-hmm. And it's as you said, yeah, exactly. It they want to run out their contract uh, with the uh, 
what reprise is it still or yeah okay yeah they're still with them and there's they're, they're on their last record and after this they go indie mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which is funny they'll never truly be indie because you know they it's not possible yeah the, with the exposure they've had that's not even a fair comparison but i don't think they would intentionally bomb a, an album you know and you've seen artists do this in the past where they just want to burn through a contract so they release something just to get out of the contract um and then move on to do things that they want to do. Yeah. Uh, I recall that was the rumor with uh, that Strokes album, the, the last one. Um, Come Down Machine, oh, I think. And see, and I would believe that actually more than I would with Green Day. I kind of would too, yeah. Because I feel like the Strokes really yeah. just don't care sometimes. Definitely. And the way you can see the way Green Day, just these the guys are really kind of leaning into the promotion. Mm-hmm of this the tour and the album and everything like it just it does feel like something they're proud of yeah it does i'm still worried about it you know yeah because i i think the thing that gets in billy's way is if anything to maybe you know to a fault is that he he has some amount of sincerity that even when he's trying to be sarcastic and funny he he cannot help but kind of wear his heart on his sleeve yeah in many yeah. ways and and i think that's just kind of how his songwriting style is so i you know i agree I think yeah. it would be hard for him to kind of bullshit an entire album. yeah that's that's definitely a thoughtful take on it i think you're right for sure it's yeah. something a, a little that was all very speculative but let's talk about something that is not mm-hmm. let's talk about science You're a man of science, are you not? Cold, hard science, absolutely. There's the facts. Cold, hard science. We're talking facts here. Mm-hmm. We're talking indisputable uh, things that have happened. That's right. Not to get too scientific on you there. But <laughs> a new study has shown, in out of uh, South China, I believe, um, that Bruce Springsteen and Don da da Don Green Day Mm-hmm. songs are among those that are, can contribute to dangerous driving oh my god oh my god god anybody who knows me so, is going to be using this as an excuse to explain my my driving habits i was i was hearing my mom i was hearing my mom being like well i don't want you listening to that album I when know, you're driving now i know <laughs> that's, that's that's for when you're safe at home this is the last it's like this is the last it's like drinking and driving you do not you hey if you've listened to a couple american idiot tracks you don't get behind <laughs> that wheel hey it's only for the safety of all you know safety of yourself and everyone hand else. me your keys man <laughs> You just listened to Insomniac twice, man. You got to give me your keys. <laughs> so, yeah, out of South China University of Technology, they put a lot of people through a driving simulation. And and while they're driving, they're playing different music in the background. And so they test each person with different songs and see how their driving patterns changed, where they became more risk adverse. Mm-hmm. They're more willing to cut across traffic uh, okay, speed yeah. and other things of that nature. Did they have like specific songs or anything or what was the... And so that's exactly what yeah. it was. So so according to this, the, the most dangerous driving songs of the ones they tested, mm-hmm. obviously, because yeah. I'm sure, but they didn't, they couldn't test every song. But the ones, and they're just doing basically major classic pop rock songs. Uh, mm-hmm. The most dangerous ones were number one, "American Idiot" by Green Day. <laughs> you know, I believe that. That is that is just a. I can see fucking, that. Yeah, it's fast. It's intense. That's a good one to drive. It's to. pretty distracting for sure. <laughs> uh, number two, "Party in the USA" by Miley Cyrus. Oh wow! I did not see that one coming. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Number three. Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Huh. 
also did not see that coming. Why? I know. I don't know this one so well. Number four, Don't Let Me Down by the Chainsmokers. Hmm, yeah, I don't, I don't know I don't, how that goes at all. Yeah. Um, and number five, this one also kind of makes sense to me, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, why? Why does that make sense? Because you're driving. You've got the American dream at your back along with that beautiful western frontier. Mm-hmm. And you're hearing Bruce, baby, we were born to run. And like your foot just starts getting heavy on the pedal. Oh, of You course. can't help it. Bruce would want it that way. I don't think you can help it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. That's right, because yeah. the boss drives how he's going to drive. You know, if that's how the boss wants it, that's how the boss wants it. Fair enough. One, one here... I want to hear something interesting. Okay, yeah. Here are their their least dangerous driving songs. Okay, yeah. I'm curious about these for sure. These are the ones that people were most safe when they were driving mm-hmm. on, on the simulator. And this is interesting. So we've got Green Day and Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. under some of the, the more dangerous music. Yeah. Uh, leading up number one of the least dangerous is Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. No way. Oh, my God. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I know. That's crazy because Led Zeppelin is one of the hardest rocking groups ever. Shit, that is weird. Like, and that's like a soft, that's like a soft rock song. Stairway to Fair Heaven. Enough. But yeah, yeah, next but time, still. one of one of one of these Zep heads gets in your head, mm-hmm. and they go, "Hey, you like Green Day? You're not a real rock fan. You go, your band is one of the safest to drive to. You know why? Because that's freaking wuss music. Okay, Ooh. I listen to Green Day. It's dangerous when I drive. Harsh, harsh, dude. Yeah. I think only say so that if you're if, willing if, to get into a fucking fight. Well, if these classic rock kids want to go, they can go. Fair enough. You know Fair what I'm enough. saying? I'm ready. I, I'm a little Green Day punk scrapper. Like, we're ready to fight. You're not ready to fight. Let's see. The average Green Day fan versus the average uh, Led Zepp fan, though? Maybe nowadays. Yeah. Nowadays, though, they're just they're old and decrepit by now, right? Yeah. It'd be like a 60-year-old versus a 40-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be kind of, it'd be sad. <laughs> Um, number two, least dangerous driving song, Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh man, that is one of my favorite songs. Interesting though, It's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't really. It's interesting because each of these artists they mentioned, there's like another song that you could play that's almost an opposite vibe that you think would be. Yeah. Like Time of Your Life is probably very safe to drive to. Oh yeah, it's gotta be. (laughs) Um, number three is of this, the least dangerous is God's Plan by Drake. Um, which I can see. That's very like just. How does that one go? God's plan. What's that one? Yeah. God's plan. Hmm. Um, and number four. Oh, thank you, but I don't know it. No, you got it. That was okay. it. You've heard okay. it. Um, that number four is Africa by Toto. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And then number five is yeah. Location by Khaled, which I also don't. I don't know that one either. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I should I should mention. Fair enough. So it's good that he's making safe driving music, and we should encourage these type of things in society. Mm-hmm. You know, truth is, if you're getting behind a wheel and you're about to pop in a CD or a tape, as I know people are want to do these days, uh, just think about what the energy is you're inviting into your car and on the road. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be dangerous or you're going to be safe. It's on all of us to, to make the roads a safer place. And that That's starts right. by listening to, to safe music. We all got to be listening to Stairway to Heaven 24-7. Please, 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 please do not Green Day and drive. It's mm-hmm. not worth the risk. Think don't of, even get behind the wheel if you've listened to it in the last hour. Don't. Oh, it's just like swimming and eating. You got to wait an hour, you have at least an mm-hmm. hour. 
Mm-hmm. Thank you. Got to let it digest through your your mind, mm-hmm. through your ear canals, into your mind, and out your butt. Mm-hmm. And then as soon mm-hmm. as you pass it, you can get your keys back from your friend. You can drive home. It's safe. But if you're on that radio, listening to the radio on your drive home, mm-hmm. and suddenly the radio starts playing Green Day, switch the station. Call the police. Tell them. Report that radio station. Or, hey, you know what? If it's too late and this song starts and it already gets in your ears, just pull over. Pull over to the nearest safe stop. Just put your car in idle and just wait. Call a friend. Call an Uber. You know, pick up your car later. Mm-hmm. Better safe than yeah. sorry. Because you don't want to be actively operating a car while that type of music is surging in your bones. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's time to, speaking of surging in our bones, do you want to? Should we talk about Insomniac uh, album number four for Green Day? Uh, Insomniac was released uh, the year after Dookie, so 1995, I believe it is. I went, let's see, two times platinum. So I think that's two million copies were sold yep. worldwide, which is which you'll note is a big. It's a very impressive by any yeah. other f- comparison, any other band, but compared to the last album, Dookie, that is a massive drop off. It's nothing, yeah. I think, what was it, 20 million for Dookie? Yeah, it went said? diamond. It went diamond at 20 yeah, million. diamond, that's right, that's right. So, uh, and I think the 2 million for Insomniac is largely just because it was the follow-up to Dookie, honestly. It was It was the real dividing line, I think, initially between uh, Fairweather fans and, and people who were, who were ride or die for Green Day. Yeah, I agree. Was, uh, the people who stayed on board for Insomniac after really loving Dookie. And then uh, there was a whole wave of people who I think love Dookie and then just kind of fell off right after. It it does have a sense of humor, but it is a lot more twisted in its content. Yeah, it's a and lot so less funny than, than the last Yeah, two. exactly. You're exactly right. It has a sense of humor, but it's less funny. Yeah. Because the stuff we're talking about is just kind of uh, grim. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you can appreciate him kind of, Billy and, and Mike, and, and them being sarcastic about it, it's you know it's still kind of a bummer in many ways yeah i think i think that's a pretty accurate description right there (laughs) drummer trey cool and his wife had a kid and uh i'm not sure if they all were were living at this place when they're writing it but they're all writing in this little uh house in east bay um and i i kind of got the impression it was like all of them living together including like the wife and the kid so Sort of thought that was an interesting situation, especially considering the content of this album. Yeah, no kidding, right? And and a lot of uh, the uh, kind of the reason it's called Insomniac, I think, is because Billy was also constantly being woken up by his new son oh, as well. Oh, okay, yeah. When he when he came back off the road, um, mm-hmm. so that's uh, yeah. I think uh, they were all maybe kind of entering this new phase of their lives. Of, of more responsibility and have actually having some money and fame and clout to their name. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I think they kind of retreated into themselves. They're like, we're all going to live together. We're going to have a little commune and just mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, you can see it does feel very self-contained what the album end up being. It has a, it yeah, has it a does. very distinct tone. This album, as we said last week, is a big response to all the accusations of selling out from Gilman Street and, and the Oakland scene and the Berkeley mm-hmm. scene that they had first come up in. And uh, they really didn't, as far as I'm concerned. You know, is they just accepted an album deal, and uh, and and decided to make a really good album, and it was huge. And it's like, should they have to apologize for that? That's crazy. But a lot of these yeah. hardcore punks 
started accosting them on the street. And I was even reading a story where it's bullshit, yeah. Billy was in, was in San Francisco and this guy like started spitting on him and yelling at him because he knew he knew of him from Gilman Street. And it was like literally one year, uh, it was like, like right as Dookie was coming out, like one yeah. year before this album came out. Super sad. So confusing. I know. To kind of live through as I you're know. dealing with fame and rejection at the same time. Yeah. Kind of this duality. So as we've been talking about, it's kind of it's a it is an angry album. It's very mm-hmm. kind of the, the songs are generally very short, they're very fast, mm-hmm. um, and they're very punchy. And 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 Rob Cavallo, Cavallo, uh, Rob Cavallo, Rob Cavallo, uh, Rob Cavallo was their producer once again on this record, and he they I guess they got in studio and they recorded. It was always kind of very manic. They were in short, high energy bursts, and then mm-hmm. I think you saw this too where they would drink excessive amounts of coffee before yeah. recording and then run the studio uh, and just put everything into the songs and then just collapse afterward. I know. It is such um, an interesting interesting like method of doing it. I think that's so cool. And you can feel it in these these recordings. Yeah. It feels like three people jacked on coffee, just like <laughs> blasting it out. Yeah. But yeah, and then other potential names for the album. They had a, a couple interesting ones. Um, Jesus Christ Supermarket was one, and uh, Tightwad Hill was was another, and that's just named after uh, one of the songs later on in the album. Actually, um, Jesus Christ Jesus Christ Supermarket is so good. I know. I think that's like, tight. I, I read a quote that Billy said that he's like, well, any, "Any regrets? Yeah, the one regret I had is we were going to call Insomniac Jesus Christ oh, for Supermarket." Real? He actually yeah, said that? and we it, he actually is a quote of his. Oh um, my god! And like in hindsight, that's a much better title. We should have done that. And I'm just like, dude, it's true. Because that's oh well. I honestly, I wonder if it the name if it had been titled that, if that would have changed the reception of the album. I could definitely see that. Yeah, something so small as that, but it would make it seem iconic. I could totally I mean? like see that. Yeah, it's not that Insomniac's a bad name. It's just kind of boring or something. But yeah, and it's and it's ominous. There's this sense of like, yeah. Like, I mean, you and I, maybe we, we struggle sleeping sometimes and you go like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, I get it. I don't want to hear us music about this. Like it's, oh, so it, it's, it's, it's stressful. So the album um, name is conjuring up images you don't want to think about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But not, like, but, but Dookie doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do the same. Yeah. Well, no, I was, about to say, I was literally about to say it's about naming an album and like poo or something. Like, yeah. You wouldn't yeah, want yeah. that. Or, huh. or calling, or calling your audience idiots. You know, right, like a bunch yeah. of American idiots. It's just like these are bad ideas. Yeah, don't do it, and, and yet they do it. Um, uh, the, the album art is uh, again. I th- I, th- I think Green Day really knocks it out of the out of the water. Is that an expression? Knocks it out of the park or blows it out of the water. I think Green Day really knocks it out of the water and blows it out of the park mm-hmm. uh, with their album art. This one is no exception. They went to a collage artist named Winston Smith. And I guess that one of the stories is that's another reason how, how Billy came upon the title Insomniac is he asked this artist, Winston Smith, how do you have time to do all your work? And he said, oh, it's easy. I never sleep. I have insomnia. And Billy had also been struggling with that. And so something just clicked when he heard that. And he's like, that's that might be my album name. I think that was probably a sign for him when he talks to the artist and the artist says something offhand that just inspires him. So that was a good sign. So Winston did end up making this awesome collage uh, for the cover. um, And it's called God Told Me to Skin You Alive. It's gruesome. Yeah, and when you see the whole photo, like the album cover is only part of the photo, but the whole thing is is pretty... Right, it's very small. uh, 
I don't know, not gory, but like just kind of violent. <laughs> there's like a lot of guns and skulls mm -hmm. um, and flames. Yeah, there's a pretty cool violin player. But it's it's all collage. So it's very beautifully done. So it's all these yeah. classic kind of photos, Americana, and uh, and then kind of just put together in this way where it's just com something completely new. Is that the definition of collage that I stumbled upon? I think so. I think, yeah. yeah. It's not nearly as, I guess, racy as the other, the past couple too, because uh, there's no suggestion of violence, at least on the album art. That's but true, then yeah. when you But then when you find out the piece is named God Told Me to Skin You Alive, you start to have second thoughts. It's Yeah, that's that's a <laughs> telltale <laughs> well, sign a little bit right there. There's something there. <laughs> Someone's upset. Yeah, this out and and this album obviously was not and is not a classic like Dookie. Um, it's, not, it's not looked back that way, but it was pretty well received at the time. I, yeah. I and I'd say overall because we don't need to get into the the weeds and thickets on this, but I'd say overall it's like a B minus B. Wouldn't you say that was kind of the reaction? I think I think that's a pretty accurate statement. Yeah, I don't. I, I actually looked at Metacritic just because sometimes I like to compare the aggregate reviews, and I don't oh, sure. think they had they had one for this yet. But um, based on sort of scores they gave on other albums, I, I bet it'd be you know something like a seventy five or something. You know? Yeah, like it's fine. Um, that's fine. If most people, if any other it. band like that had a similar sound to this, just put this out. I think you'd be really happy and impressed. It's just I do think it's an impossible task to follow Dookie, especially looking back at the legacy it's it's now had. Like, it's kind yeah. of that's kind of an unforgiving task. Yeah, to, to do that. <laughs> they set themselves up for failure. They really should have yeah. just spread spread some of those hits out over a couple albums. And they do later. <laughs> <laughs> True. Should we hop True. into the? Should we turn these one by ones into two by twos? Let's do it. Let's do it. Because you and me, buddy. So headed into the uh, the first track, um, we have... Oh, actually, Chris, how do you pronounce this one? No. No, no, no. It's your turn. It's your turn. Okay. Um, Armitage Penis? Oh, my God. Every time. Armitage, though? Armitage. Is it Armitage? <laughs> Armitage Shanks. <laughs> yeah, Armitage Shanks. Armitage? Because it's British. Right. Oh, I don't know. What is an Armitage? Billy, it's it's. I think it's a bathroom company or toilet paper company. I'm I'm not entirely sure. In in Britain, and and Billy was they were doing a show out there, mm -hmm. and he was going to play this song live for one of the first times, and it was untitled, and he oh, okay. went to the bathroom and saw that brand, and came out and and he's like, well, and then so we told the audience, this is the name of the song is Armitage Penis, Shanks, sorry, and this so that's it's it's and you, there's a lot of that during this album. Where it's kind of uh, the title's kind of a little in joke, yeah, um, yeah, that doesn't necessarily connect to the song. Um, That's an interesting title, which which, yeah. which I like and I don't like. I like when a title is obscure, but I I appreciate it when it ties back into the song in some weird way. That's how I feel. Yeah, it's a little uh, overly exclusive feeling. Yeah, and that's this, that's the case with this one. I think Armitage uh, Shanks, mm -hmm. Armitage, Armitage Shanks. Oh, Armitage Shanks at the car, right your butt. And uh, should we give this one a perusing? Let's give this one a listen. I love those big drums at the top. I know, that drum intro is sick. I think Trey worked really hard to get his cymbals and drums, like, just mic to perfection. That's right, yeah, I read that. He uh, he did, like, a, a new cymbal sound on every single track, I think. Was, That's right. Said. Yeah, so cool. 
Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a solid, solid uh, track. I didn't feel yeah, you know, I, super connected to it, but I, I don't have any problems on it. I yeah, I really like that one actually. Um, for some reason, I think it's a great. It's just a great opener. You're right. It's not huge in, in the world of Green Day, but I think as an opener for this album, it's probably perfect. Yeah. The lyrics yeah. on this that I think some summarize like I think it's a good uh, thesis for the album is I yeah. must insist on being a pessimist. <laughs> you're right. right those are those I are excellent that like so concisely describes like billy's attitude i think this album yeah. and and just in general at this time time is of, of his life i think number two here is brat this yeah this one is is a little more funny or controversial depending controversial depending on how serious he is <laughs> yeah or how much you love your parents let's yeah. give it a listen this is brat you know i think that's kind of fresh that they do like the vocal intro i think almost every single one of their songs usually they got like the guitar or the drums or something starting but that's a really good point I hadn't they don't usually yeah. do the vocal no billy just shouts them in totally this is one of the first times i've noticed that billy really writes in a character um mm-hmm. very directly this this doesn't seem to be based off his personal experience um he's kind of writing from a humorous standpoint of a slob who doesn't have a job who's a yeah. total brat and just waiting for his parents to die to get his inheritance and kind of move on with his life yeah. he's kind of mooching yeah yeah i imagine who he had i wonder who he had in mind when he wrote this i know well and i, and I also wonder if maybe he's just exploring sides of himself that he acknowledges but like aren't his current situation okay yeah i could see that yeah because he's He's clearly has a job and he has a lot of money and he doesn't need his parents to inherit it. Like Billy's killing it at this point. Mm-hmm. But he's I love that he still wants to explore these kind of degenerate lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and I think it's mm-hmm. this is an interesting turning point because once they hit Dookie, they reach a level of fame where he's never again gonna be just some guy on the street trying to make it. He's always oh, gonna yeah. be yeah, some, agreed. somebody. So at this point, he kind of That's a really good point. finds it necessary in his writing to kind of start finding characters to kind of channel these feelings through. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's that's a really good good way to look at it, and probably probably accurate. Moving on from Brat, we're at number three. Stuck with me. Stuck with me. Classic intro. This is a classic Green Day intro, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. We know this by heart. I will say, though, I like the melody. I think it's pretty catchy. I like the melody, too. This was released as a, uh, a single, right? It was, yeah. I believe this was the second single. To be honest, that is shocking to me. I, I like this song. I don't see it as a single. Yeah. On this album? On this album, I kind of do. I mean, I don't think it's it's a banger at all, but like, I think it's... On this album, it probably is the fourth most appealing like immediately appealing song uh, i mean on a very surface level the lyrics are about being looked down on by others by society and by class it's again kind of about struggling and being poor mm-hmm. and, and it's it's stuck with me he's talking about like i'm stuck with me mm-hmm. you know or you're stuck with me or is he talking to himself I, I always thought about that but i also thought and in another way it's it's kind of addressing the whole gilman street thing yeah lyrics about being looked down on and kind of being rejected and i think those feelings obviously apply to his scene at home oh yeah no question for sure um shall we cruise on over to uh, geek stink breath let's cruise into geek stink breath this one 
is very interesting. Yeah. Let's let's, let's start it up. This is a uh, this one you actually might recognize if you know this album even vaguely. This mm-hmm. was one of the singles. I think this is the first single, in fact. Oh, is it the first single? Okay, and I would argue I this think is so, yeah. one of the bigger songs. There's not a huge, so. lot of big songs. This is, I think, probably maybe the second biggest song from the album. What, yeah, what do you think of this song? I, I kind of like the melody and I like the instrumentals, but um, I don't know. I never was like a huge fan of it, I guess. It, if I, it kind of reminds me of Hash Pipe by uh, Weezer. Oh, it yeah. just got, got very driving riff that kind of le- like informs the whole song. I could definitely um, feel that. And then it's also about yeah. a, a front man that you really like doing drugs that you wish they wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Billy's doing and, meth, and, and which Rivers is, is disgusting. In Rivers' it's case, it's like, Rivers, I don't think you should even smoke tobacco. I don't want to see you smoking weed <laughs> out of your hash pot. You know what I mean? Like, I was just about to say, like, wait, hash? Yeah. That doesn't seem like that no, big no. a deal. No, no, like with Sweet Rivers. I'm like, Rivers, you have like a caffeinated <laughs> cola and you're, you know, we're worried about you. No. I think, I think he, Rivers is like a fake nice guy. I think he's like really just another rock star who just acts like he's sort of a nerd. I think you're entirely right, but I do think he's very sensitive. And I think, like, if you gave him a cold brew, he'd be like, my heart's beating. I should sit down. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't think he should be messing with the hash pipe. Same, Maybe. Similar, similar here with Geek Stink Breath. I don't want Billy smoking meth. Yeah, meth is a whole other beast. That is ridiculous. I didn't, I didn't know this is what we were talking about here. I know. He's talking about picking at his scabs. It's disgusting. I, as a kid, I always thought this was Geek Stink Breath was like weed. I, yeah, I never, I never actually like read the lyrics until this week, and I so I didn't realize either, and you, you know that it was meth. You smell like weed, geek stink yeah. breath. You geek, but no, as it turns out, geek is a term for was it meth head, right? Mm-hmm. And stink breath is what happens when you smoke a bunch of meth and it you know messes up your teeth. Yeah, and, it, and there's this rotting smell. He doesn't even try to code it in the song, too. There's like a lyric that's that's just methamphetamines. Like he just says it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, oh, so. he, th- this song could not be any clearer. It, yeah. it is another reason why it's very shocking that it, it was a single. Um, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I think people don't listen to the lyrics sometimes, a lot of the time. Even more so that of all the singles on this album, it is one of the more recognizable singles. Mm-hmm. It's wild. And he's just like, yeah, smoke meth. It is strange. Yeah. Picking my scabs. They've gone away with some it, weird it, stuff. They really have. It's the type of stuff that you would almost be convinced like couldn't happen back then and it couldn't happen today. It's one of the things like, well, the times have changed, but not that much. <laughs> we we couldn't we couldn't True. hear Drake sing about smoking meth. You know, that would be unacceptable. Oh my God. People right? would ride in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. They'd be like, well, they'd be like, you gotta go to rehab now. Not a question, mister. The record company would be like, we're not letting you back in the studio until you get help. The public, the the public is is Drake's de facto mom. Basically, with Billy, it's just like everyone's like, yeah, it's a single, put it out. But Billy's been known. Billy's yeah. been known to be dangerous that way. He's been known to do unacceptable things. Yeah, and and then you know, reading on revisiting all this stuff, it uh, uh, people might roll their eyes at this, but it does make me have a warmth in my heart, feeling like Green Day truly is one of the last great rock bands because mm-hmm. because all these the 70s stories of excess and debauchery they're all here this is a classic they are. rock star story and yeah. we're you know i think because it's it feels more recent the the legend around it hasn't quite become myth yeah it's not as but nostalgic like i feeling. see f- like amazing like like rock bios about like Green Day and Billy Joe and all this madness. Like you oh, the, yeah. just reading I, the I song lyrics, you go, these people have lived so much. It's mm-hmm. wild. 
20 years down the line, that's going to be that's going to be a big thing, I bet. God willing. Track 5, No Pride. This one is about No Pride. You've heard of the Pride Parade, but that's not the parade that Billy's in. He's in the No Pride Parade. <laughs> I mean, this this is an okay one, but it yeah. doesn't elicit any strong feelings for me. You see the title, and you kind of mm-hmm. get it. Yeah, yeah. Which is refreshing on this album, I guess, but there's a lot of kind of fun lyrical wordplay in there. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it's just that he's he's kind of has no pride, and he's having to to swallow all this pride before he chokes on it. Mm-hmm. To quote, and yeah. uh, and I think this also kind of connects to Gilman Street feelings, the rejection. I think so. Um, yeah, and and I believe there's some some quote or story about him him writing this after kind of getting maybe similarly accosted on the street by someone and, and uh, just feeling like I, I I have nothing like I have no pride I can't even wow. hold my head high in the street yeah thing. yeah it feels like it, it encompasses sort of the general feelings of this album but um but yeah, yeah it doesn't in my opinion it doesn't really offer anything new that you can't get with the rest of the songs honestly I I might cut this no no pride no no pride yeah no no pride so <laughs> pride pride <laughs> <laughs> cancels out there i think we just have pride uh number six here is babs oh i know i'm sorry you go ahead you got to pronounce this oh my gosh oh my gosh okay i guess it's babs uvula who yeah exactly yeah yeah okay great which again i don't know what that's supposed to mean do you it's babs uvula who which is a an old 70s snl sketch oh. with chevy chase and i guess the the doctor would knock on the door and be like, knock, knock, who's there? Babs Uvula. Babs Uvula who? And then there'd be some other jokes. I don't understand the joke huh. necessarily of this sketch, but this it's widely documented that this song is based on the sketch. I think they had just seen it. Yeah. And 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 it was one of those things where they had kind of similar to Armitage Penis and and others, where they're just kind of hearing phrases and little oddities and they mm-hmm. they're oh, that'll work. Yeah, title like throw it into that song. Right, right. They don't really think the title means that much for the song, I guess. Yeah, yeah and it's that it's I think it's more that manic energy that's kind of guiding this album of just mm-hmm. kind of a, a lot of things swirling about. Yeah. Um but yeah, let's let's give this one a spin. It's mm-hmm. another shorty and it's it's pretty aggressive, pretty fast. Yeah. I personally really like the song. Oh, you do? Okay. I, I love the riff. I know it's simple, but I mm-hmm. I, I there was an odd time in college where I like got into this song specifically once again, and I just listened. I listened to it walking class like all. Oh, it's a really if you're just feeling. I guess I was in a Billy Joe Armstrong state of mind. Yeah, I was just I was feeling that anger. Very like, negative. Uvula who? Yeah. What do you think, Colin? Yeah, my my opinion. I I think it's it's not that interesting. I feel the same way as with No Pride. Like, it's okay. n- it's not a bad song, but but it doesn't really hold my interest a whole lot. Like I'd I'd probably cut this one too. Damn. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Look at this guy with the scissors. I'm sorry, Chris. I don't like it. <laughs> Can't hold back, you know. Yeah, if it's not like very obvious from all the lyrics, but that song is very much about just Billy having panic attacks, which is yeah. probably another reason I like it. I like when he kind of explores that that side of things, and and yeah. we talked about that on on the album last week, and it continues. Billy's panic disorder did not get solved in one year. Shocker. And he's still, yeah, shocker. And so he's still wrestling with that. And, and I think this is a really good, fast, 
quick short song that's just like it, it feels kind of like a panic attack so i yeah i, I like that one but i i hear you it is a little simple yeah yeah um, that's fair I, I i get it i get the appeal i just don't have a personal no yeah appeal. it's it's you're wrong and it's fine it's cool to be wrong and i'm so proud that you can admit that you're wrong um <laughs> we're gonna do number seven now 86 86 I love this intro too. Yeah, this is a good one. Another, another very cool Dude, one. When, when Trey gets on those toms, I'm, I love that. I know, yeah, and it's yeah. like it's never super complicated, but it's just, it's just fun. Oh, Trey and his buddy Tom, I love it. Uh, but yeah, this, this track is great because it's, it's uh, about the removal from Gilman Street, very explicitly. Very explicit. I would say this is the most explicitly about it on the album. Yeah, because uh, getting 86, I guess, is, and I don't even know why this it, this was originally made a thing. But getting 86 is like getting kicked out of somewhere. So I looked it up. Oh, you did. What What does it mean? I looked it up because of the song. Because I didn't. I same thing. I was just like, where did that term come from? Because yeah. in film school and stuff, we use that all the time. 86. It's like you know, right? Someone got blacklisted a, or some shit. A, 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 86. That light. Um, you know, turn off that light. Essentially, I, I guess it started in the 1930s uh, in restaurants. It was like restaurant uh-huh. slang, where if they were out of something or they were canceling an order, they'd be like, 86 those fries. Huh. But there's yeah. no like real like explanation why specifically 86? You know, that's very interesting. That's that I couldn't find it. Maybe someone knows. Please let us know. We'd love to Please, know. Please, yeah. Um, I'm bad at computers and Google, and I found one thing. I couldn't find another. So tell me. Well, you tried, you know, a star for trying. That song, that song's, yeah, thank you. A little star for trying. Uh, <laughs> 80, 86 is very basic. It was not, I mean, it wasn't a single, but I feel like they pushed it like a single. In my opinion, it's one of the most well-known songs on that album. I don't really love when Green Day does the repeat, repeat a line four times as a chorus. Yeah, I agree. They do that more and more in the future. That is boring. Um, and yeah, exactly. It's boring. It's just like we uh, write write three other lines or at least two. Yeah. Um, and th- all that said, like I agree with all that, but for some reason, I've got sort of a soft spot for that song. Like that is one of one of my favorites on this album for some reason. It, it, it's a mixed bag, but you're right. For some, there is something in it. There's a little magic. Where you're just like, this is actually still very good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think the backstory helps. Backstory is cool. That was number seven, 86. Mm-hmm. Now let's move on to number eight. Panic Song. 68. No, it's Panic <laughs> Song. Um, this is Panic Song. It's, as you can tell, about feeling really happy all the time and being very well adjusted. <laughs> I think there's a cool now, intro. It's a, it's a cool intro. It's, it's very different from what we've been getting so far. Yeah. This one was written by uh, Mike Durnt and Billy Joe Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a tag team and uh, on the lyrics as well we've talked about this you know till we're purple and blue in the face but Billy has a panic disorder I guess Mike also has similar issues and so they wrote this together I'm gonna I'm gonna skip ahead till we get to some of the lyrics here that said I, I really dig the long instrumental intro I think it's you like fun. it yeah I mean although it is pretty long what is it, like two minutes of just I think it's a little too long for me he starts singing, yeah, exactly around two minutes, and it's. Yeah, that's I fair. will often skip this song. This might be one of the ones I would cut, to be honest. I often skip oh, wow. this song on the way through just because it doesn't match the flow of the rest. So it does feel like there's an energy drop. Yeah. Um, 
And then when they finally get to him singing, I don't love the song so much that I feel like it was worth the two minutes huh, of okay. build up. Yeah, I guess I, I almost enjoy the, the intro more than I do the singing part of the song. So I, I think it's sort of refreshing. You're right. Like it's so unusual I, for the for, compared to the rest of the album. I think it's uh, just a cool little breakdown. It's almost like an interlude, in my opinion. Well, you know, I, here's I think I would like it more if it was just the instrument instrumental, oh. and it was like an interlude. That would be cool. A little two minute. I could see instrumental that. Instrumental yeah. ditty. I'd be more into that. I think yeah. actually. But the lyrics are still, you know, right on point for sure. Oh, the lyrics are nihilistic as all fuck. They are. <laughs> if, if you're they feeling are. too happy today, read the lyrics for Panic Song. And, oh and yeah, that'll get you back down. That'll get you back down. Um, uh, number nine is Stewart and the Avenue. Mm-hmm. This one, I cool baseline. Like. That ba- the bass is fantastic. That is fucking so cool, yeah. I think the intro, the whole band kicking in is great. And yeah. the, the verse melody is fantastic. I think this is so catchy. For some reason, yeah, the melody the melody's good. I'm just not like, it doesn't rope me in as much. We're, we're starting to like diverge here. We're starting to see where we're going to differ in the I know, future. I know, I know. This is the most disagreement we've had so far. Although there still hasn't been much. I know, and I am <laughs> seeing red. You son of a bitch. And every time we do, we're like, oh, no, I see your point of view. That's reasonable. I don't. This is a great song. Okay. This is an awesome song. And now it's all fucked up, and you just sing that really loud in your car as you kind of hit the the roof. Stewart in the Avenue, again, this is kind of calling out a a locale uh, up in the East Bay. This is the intersection of two streets that Billy and Mike and Trey lived near when they were coming up. And it's just, it's what it's about. It's about Billy standing on the corner and tearing up his bus pass in a photo of a girl who uh, he had been in a very kind of bad relationship with yeah. and realizing that she was really not good for him. So did I convince you? And Stuart yeah. Avenue's your favorite I think, song now? I think a little bit. Not favorite song, no. Like, favorite Green Day song? I would keep it on the album is, is how far I'll go with that. Oh my God. No, jeez. <laughs> hey, you know what? To quote Billy Joe on Stuart the Avenue, I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid enough to stay with you. <laughs> great line. And that's that's how I feel about you and these your opinions. That is yeah. a great line. Well, uh, let's check out the probably the single biggest song on this album, I would I would say. Uh, 100%. Track 10, Brain Stew. And if, yeah. if you haven't heard this song, then... Yeah, you've been living under a rock in Neptune. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In ne- Neptune's Uranus. <laughs> That intro riff is just super iconic. This is a riff. This is, I think, uh, Baby Learns It's First Riff.com. Mm-hmm. This is the first <laughs> riff that everyone learns. It's uh, straight down the, the E string, just power chords. Just and, as easy uh, as it gets. It's as easy as it gets, but again, I think it's proof that the attitude you bring to the music you make is just as important as the composition. Agreed, um, yeah. Because this song's got attitude for days. Yeah. And later on, it does get more complicated when they add the, like, in between each of the There's, strums. like, the, the palm scratch. Yeah. Strumming. Yeah, exactly. I think that part of it's really cool. I think I really dig that oh, section. Oh, I love it. And I love the lyrics. Of course, this is this is kind of the title track in a way because it, it, it was going to be called uh, Insomniac. That's true, um, yeah. And this song's about insomnia. So I'd say this is thematically the title track. You know, I think it's great, honestly. I, I, it, this is still on the radio a ton, so you hear it. 
this is my favorite on the album, I would say. Well, it's, yeah. it's probably, yeah, it's, it's at least very close. It's great. As a kid, I made it an electronic cover of this song. I liked it so much. Oh, really? With uh, with the the Mac computer voice singing the words, <laughs> "I'm having trouble fun. trying to sleep." Oof! It's it's pretty creepy. That sounds edgy. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> something, <laughs> something. All right. The the single release of this. Uh, I, I, I do we just stumble into a fan cliche? I think we might I have. I think we did. This is a fan cliche. The uh, single for Brain Stew, of course, everyone knows, was connected to the next song, Jaded, which is track 11 on the album. Um, and it's very short. It's only a minute 30. Uh, yeah. So usually, uh, certainly whenever I hear it on the radio, Brain Stew is connected and immediately followed by Jaded. Yeah. And they're just play- it's one single for the two songs. This one is, I think, a, a lot faster and a bit angrier. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like excessively fast it stresses me out a little bit it, yeah it is right yeah and it's funny <laughs> brain stew's kind of methodic and, and a lot slower and then that's yeah. kind of the i think the kick is it just turns way up when it's jaded that must have been their intention is try to have that <laughs> intense tempo change yeah and, and this one's very obvious the the title's jaded mm-hmm. the lyrics i i even made a note are very quote-unquote emo this is this is I think as like as emo as Green Day gets is there's just a lot of like the world's shite uh, throughout the cell. Yeah. The world's shite. Hooray, we're going to die. Blessed yeah. into our extinction. You're a fool for thinking it gets better. Don't be a fool. <laughs> I insist on being a pessimist. That's what this yeah. is all about. You're right. You're absolutely right. I think they did leave this level of kind of emo attitude behind in this album i think this is the 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 lowest it gets as far as like fuck all Mm -hmm. um and i'm glad because again i love a few a few songs that are like that yeah but one after the other starts to eat at you yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah it's like come on there's more to life than being fucking irritated with life you should introduce number 12 here because i think you discovered a pretty a pretty cool little factoid tidbit, about number 12 tidbit about it yeah I, uh, yeah well okay number 12 here is a westbound sign it's about adrian moving to california to to be with billy over there um and that that's billy joe armstrong's longtime love slash wife but what first what first tipped me off to was this line is tragedy two thousand miles away which is sort of a cool little reference to uh your favorite track or one of your favorite Green Day tracks, Two Thousand Light Years Away." That's right, and it's and and it's interesting because you kind of noticed this last week. I didn't even catch it at the time, but you said, "What is his obsession with the number 2000? Exactly. And yeah. What did he say last week? It was something about because it that was an nuke FOD. the bridge. It was nuke the bridge we torched two thousand times before. There we go. Um, so he threw it in there, and then Two Thousand Light Years Away, and then here in Westbound Sign, Billy mm-hmm. Joe. Wants sweet Adrian to move yeah. from bumfuck nowhere, USA, to California to be with him. And yeah, it's him worrying. You know, she's leaving all of her friends and her whole life behind. And and yeah, so he's yeah. asking, is yeah. tragedy 2,000 miles away? Is this not going to work? It's a good catch. For some reason, 2,000 is his number with her. Whatever that represents to them. Well, that and 80. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's got some numbers. That's right. He's got, he's got a number of numbers. 2,000 and 80. numbers. Uh, and 86. 86. Got 86 it. And and 39 and 1000 and 1039. 
She's got a whole number of numbers. Number 13 here is called Tight Wad Hill. So, Tight Wad Hill, again, this is another actual place in uh, the East Bay where they would look at football games from on top of the hill. And I guess a lot of druggies would hang out there. And so they do, they get high and watch football games uh, without paying. And that's why the first lyric is Cheapskates on the Hill. It's all the people mm-hmm. who didn't pay for tickets. And it's this this song is also a little depraved. It's kind of it's a the story kind of of a junkie who keeps making the rounds looking yeah. for another score, and can't find one. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. I, I, yeah, it's another one where I don't have any like strong opinions on for the most part. I feel the same way melodically and musically. I feel Honestly, the same I'd way. I'd probably cut it. Overall. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I might be in the same boat as you. I like the ideas. I like what it's about more. This is kind of him. I I think once again combining himself with a character. So it's not all it's not 100% true everything that he's saying but it's that's also probably more true mm-hmm. than he would like to have you know. Yeah, I mean isn't that the case with like every song on this album though? There, yeah, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of that. With the exception of uh this next track I would say. Yeah, Walking Contradiction, the uh the closer for Insomniac. The track final 14. track on Insomniac here. Every, uh, we've said this a lot, so I apologize, but I'd say this is one of the most recognizable songs on the album. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. And I think this, along with Brain Stew, these are my two favorites. It's actually hard to say what I like more, but yeah, this is a great song. This is one of the few I like. will go back to just on its own, you know? Yeah, absolutely. This this was a single, obviously, if, if you can't just tell that from hearing it. Yeah. It's the music video is fantastic i love the video for this song. it's so funny yeah i love it to me video. they're they're walking all the band members are walking through an old city town kind of like set and uh just destruction happens behind them as they kind of inadvertently set off a chain of events that kind of destroys the town yeah and they don't notice any of it it's and they're totally oblivious yeah the lyrics to the song just are incredibly one. smart um oh yeah yeah, this 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 song to me is the best example of the the sense of humor that they can have in in music, uh, which is so hard. It's so hard to be funny in music. It's like the most yeah. kind of contradictory well. thing you can put those two things yeah. together. But this is it's clever lyrics, and then it's really catchy. You don't mind listening to it again and again, even once you've gotten past yeah. everything. I, I wish "Walking Contradiction" was earlier on the album. It was ballsy to put at the end. I agree, yeah. I was just thinking how this album is sort of backloaded a little bit. Like a lot of the hits are at the end or near the end. That's really true, dude. It is, it is which backloaded. Is, which is sort of rare. You don't see that very often. If anything, like I feel like bands try to like rope you in early and then like by the end of the album, you're kind of getting tired of it. The, usually the opening track is a single or it's not, but it's a lead-in. And then the next like up to four or five are usually the singles. You're right. That, it's me on the top yeah. of the album. yeah. And then the rest, towards the end, that's when you can slip in your more experimental, your more indulgent songs. But they've, yeah, you're completely right. We've got, I'd say, three of the biggest songs on this album are in the last half. Yeah. Kind of buried underneath a lot of this other stuff that if, if you know, you didn't, you weren't hardcore Green Day, you might turn off the record before you get to the more poppy singles. Because, yeah, if I wasn't already a Green Day fan, I probably wouldn't be very interested in this album. Um Unless I heard Brain Stew first or something, you know, because that's right. the that and, and Walking Contradiction are probably the only two that would immediately grab me if I wasn't already into it. Um, so, what would you cut, Chris? 
Overall, overall. Overall, you're right. I think I would resequence. And or yeah, rearrange. I think I'd resequence too, for I sure. I felt that from the first listen to this album is, is we need mm-hmm. some rearranging. And it is, I think, a little too long. Um, I know there's a lot of yeah. songs. Most of the songs are very short. Nonetheless, I feel like we could... There's some repetitive ideas. So we, I think you could cut it down to maybe 12, 11, 10. Things that yeah, I would cut, I think I, I would probably cut No Pride. Um, no, No Pride. I, yeah. it would just be pride i agree honestly i would definitely move brat i i, I might even cut oh, it but okay but brat to me is an odd second second track on the album that feels like a weird okay energy to me yeah i could see moving it i i kind of like it though and it's almost because you convinced me earlier about how it's just sort of cool that he was putting himself in someone else's shoes you know try i dig that idea of oh it. yeah i like that but it is it's just a weird hello welcome to our album Mom and dad are getting awfully old. Yeah. Like it's just, I don't know. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe I'm getting too prudish. Um, stuck With Me, also not entirely crazy about Stuck With okay. Me. Okay, okay. Panic Song, I think I would cut, honestly. I'm, I'm not that wow. into Panic Song. As That's we were talking crime. about, if it was a, maybe an instrumental, j- just the instrumental. But yeah, Panic Song, I would definitely cut. Stuart and the Ave. I'd keep that for days, baby. I told you. That's the, <laughs> that's the best Green Day song that ever was. Yeah, you sold you sold me on that one. You sold me on that yeah, one. Yeah, good. Brain Stew, Jaded, I'd cut both those. Um, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'd definitely cut Tight Wad Hill. And Walking Contradiction, I'd probably move more towards the beginning of the album. I, I'd maybe even make Walking Contradiction the second track, replace Brat with Walking Contradiction. Hmm, okay. I can yeah. see that, yeah. What about yourself? Is that's, any, that's an interesting interesting anything thought. calls out to you? um a lot of my a lot of my opinions line up i'd say i would i would cut um the three i think i would cut are no pride i would cut babs unfortunately i'm oh. sorry but i just don't see the appeal i know i know uh, um and i would also cut tightwad hill for sure i think those three are i don't i don't hate any of them but i think all three of them are just b-sides don't They're really b-sides. grab me oh. at all but yeah, and then I'd also definitely like move some of the hits around so that they're spread out some more. Like I might start with Brain Stew and Jaded, actually. Or maybe like second and third do those. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think closing with Westbound Sign might be nice too, All just because right. it's sort of a sweet song. Interesting. Most yeah. interesting. But those are the main the main moves I think I would make. Yeah. Yeah, obviously you can tell since since last week with Dookie, we pretty much had nothing to say about that. And this one, I think we we have quite a bit of notes. So it's it's up and down. The next couple albums, we it might be kind of similar. I'd say there's some yeah. of Green Day's really really strong songs. Really good work is happening. At the same time, there's yeah a lot of songs that I don't dislike, the- but I just I'm like yeah that's more of a B side. I do not seek it out. Yeah, they just sort of float by without you thinking much yeah. about them. Uh, I think. Yeah. Although, yeah, I feel that way about Nimrod, which unfortunately is next unfortunately week. Unfortunately, it's uh, next week. Warning, warning, I'm a big fan of, so I'm excited for warning. Fortunately, it's next week. Fortunately. We have jobs, Colin. Yeah. We got hired by the podcast people, and now we have an album You're every right. week to review. You're right. I've got to be excited. Got to be excited. Fortunately. And I am. Nimrod's got some hits. I like sure. Nimrod a lot. I think there's yeah. a lot of... Admirable. Ad- an yeah. admirable effort, I do say. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, that's about it for this week, huh, man? I, I, I think yeah. we, we did good. I think so. I think we got Insomniac yeah. in the can. I think you so. Know, it's, it's, yeah. I will say this is one I, I find myself going back to less and less. Um, there are some really bright spots, 
but just going through it as an album tip to top bottom to front is kind of a challenge uh emotionally it's sad. yeah, yeah. It, it takes something it out is, of you yeah it's not this is not an album unlike dookie i wouldn't throw this on at a party oh no way this is a, yeah. this is a more of a challenging listen yeah i think your party might end yeah. somewhat prematurely yeah. hey but maybe that's that. a good way to advertise it it's like sometimes you're just fucking sick of hosting people Death you want to get them out of your house yeah put on insomniac blast yeah. insomniac and and watch as you reclaim your house and your space to be your own, as guests politely excuse themselves. <laughs> That's great marketing. Yeah. That is great marketing. That's what everyone wants. I think yeah. Insomniac re-release, like the party ender edition. This will end mm-hmm. all the, the album that will end your party. Prematurely or Boy, otherwise. I wish I, I wish I had I wish I had that problem. Yeah, right. You know? I know. <laughs> but I'm still I still gotta play I still gotta play Dookie, you know, twenty four seven. Um so man, yeah, next week we'll jump into Nimrod. Of course, uh, do, do you have any plugs? I don't think. Oh, you know, you know, we've got a uh, we've got a Twitter now. Yeah, tell your friends, share, review, just subscribe. Li- even by listening, you're doing so much. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Even if you're even if you're talking trash, at least at least oh, review. You talk know? man trash. That's what we're all about. Absolutely. Do you not hear us? Yeah, we we we'll, we'll take it. We can give it, and we can also take it. So give it back right to us. Okay, we love it. Please, uh, what's the what's please. that Twitter handle, Colin? The name of the Twitter thing is Redundant, the Totally Original Green Day Podcast. That's Redundant, the Totally Original Green Day Podcast on Twitter. You can look us up on iTunes, mm-hmm. look us up on Spotify. Um, as I said, like, review, uh, subscribe, all the goody goodies. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Uh, have a great week. We're going to be back at you with some more Green Day and uh, just a just just a a paltry seven days. Um, and to conclude, mm-hmm. let's be gross like Billy Joe and say, I'm on a roll, no self-control. I'm blowing off steam with methamphetamine, Colin. Don't know what I want. That's all that I've got. And I'm picking scabs off my face. Ew. Mm. Yummy. Farewell, friends. Farewell. is numb, fucked up and spun out in my room, on my own, here we go.
My mind is set on overdrive. The clock is laughing in my face. A crook is fine. My sense is dull. Past the point of delirium. On my own, here we go. My eyes feel like they're gonna bleed. Dried up and bulging out my skull. My mouth is dry. My face is numb. Fucked up and spun out in my room. On my own, here we go.